All right, all right, all right. Welcome to More Than Words. You know who's here, but we're going to do the roll call. Okay. All right, this is Liz. Okay, I was waiting Ooh. for that energy, though. I was waiting for that energy. Uh, and I'm Shara, if you don't know. Um, just so y'all know, if y'all not watching the video, uh, Liz is dressed, got her full Janet Jackson gear on. She is definitely got on the uh, represented the Dumb Dope. If you don't know Dumb Dope, Dumb Dope uh, brand, you have to find out because she's rapping. She's rapping it. She got the, oh no, don't pull out the more than words mug. Okay, you show it off. But okay, so let me just get y'all for those who don't know <laughs> on the podcast. He got the Janet Jackson, you know what I mean? Like the, um, the early 90s. What's the song? Yeah, the early 90s. I also got tights too, black tights. I'm about to break yeah. out into song dance. Was she a fly girl or was she? No, no that's that. J-Lo. That. That's J-Lo. That, that's J-Lo. Don't do that, <laughs> But yes, I am rocking my dumb dope gear, Chris yes, Howard. Fly. Go get yours now. It says hope because I feel like this conversation that we're about to have requires hope and fly outfits and some hoop earrings a little bit and some uh Cher always talks about my uh luxury brand nails <laughs> yes it's a queen it's a queen series here if you don't know okay so first of all we did a photo shoot one day you gonna see those photos man I'm gonna tell y'all right now y'all need to pay close attention Liz nails where she is she's letting us have it with the nail action I was like girl you a luxury brand what brand what Am I supposed to be here, sis? Because you are really flexing. You're flexing today. Yeah, but if you saw me earlier this week, you would have been like, "Where, where's that luxury brand? How many filters are you using on the, on the podcast first, Zoom link? First of all, you been you are been doing so much. I Packing and moving is not my favorite thing in the world. And I'm going to be honest, when I see those brown boxes, something in my spirit tells me to run and just be like, it's not, I don't have it in me. But uh, when I saw you, you was in the zone. You had on your full like workout gear. You was like, and this is about to happen. Like you was in the zone and you, you had the whole like matching outfit. I said, see, that's yeah, you got to still look cute. I mean, if you're going to move, you still got to look cute. Like today, like for real, like today, is this your thing? See, what, that's what I told y'all. She's a luxury brand, though, that I get it twisted. My best friend, and she's she's downstairs, and she's going to listen to this podcast. She's going to be like, that's right. We matchy-match everything. Our, if we're wearing pink nails, we're wearing pink shoes. We got pink earrings. We got pink... Well, she wears accessories. I only wear, I only wear hoop earrings, but, you know. Listen, first of all, Ain't nothing like a good sisterhood flex, right, with your best friend. So my best friend out there, let me tell you right now, my best friend out there, I can't dress like her because she got the, the the body that goes with the with really like the clothes. Like when she put on clothes, you'd be like, dang, if I put that on, I look like I'm going to summer camp. And when she put it on, she's like, you what? a grown woman. Wait, what? I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> But let me just say, I am so, so me and my best friend, who happens to be my, also my cousin. Uh, I'm sorry, she, y'all. I was laughing so. You don't got to laugh. It's fine. Because when you see us, I'm definitely almost six feet tall. And she's definitely <clears throat> under that significantly. And oh, no shade. That was shady. That was shady because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I know you listening. Um, but yeah, she's definitely um, my shoulder or below. 
And we definitely just got two body types. And even when we were at school, people be like, y'all looking like Tom and Jerry over here. And, <laughs> and I just be like, yeah, you're you not right. Let me talk about you for a second. Practice my skills of uh, deflection. Um, but uh, <laughs> Oh, that's a good topic. Why do we oh, deflect? Oh, I got the I got the skills. I'm quick on my feet. I'm quick on my feet for those reasons for being always this size oh, and this small. We know. We had our first episode, and I think we've talked about was it did we talk about this on our first episode? Yes. Anyways, we did. I, I think we did. We talked about this on our first episode. How you are real quick to ask us how we're doing, what's going on. And I know when when you and I first reconnected and we both like went on this journey together and like, you know, COVID, we, we told our story in our first episode and everything. I would always say, I really feel like I'm talking a lot and I know I can talk a lot, hence why we're doing a podcast. Um, but whenever I would ask you like, well, no, how are you, Shara? Oh, no, Liz, but how are you? Listen, don't start, you bringing up old stuff. Why are we, see, this is why I, I, I'm not talking to you, Liz. Like, seriously, out of this podcast, we're going to take a 24-hour hiatus. Let's see what that feel like. Because here you go, bringing up old stuff. So we're going to look back. Let's look all the way. You shady. You're not going to sip that coffee like that with the logo. See, that's all right. I brought my cup today. If y'all on the video, first and foremost, I got the cup that Liz, the cup, the, the, Liz, the Liz got me a whole set. She got her cafecito cup. She got her cafecito cup. First of all, let me just say right now, this thing keeps that coffee so hot, okay, that you forget. That's, that that's what it's supposed it. to do. And I'm actually it's, taking a picture of our cup so that I could put it on our stories. You don't know this, Shara, but on our Instagram account, <laughs> I started a, a stories section of Cafecito. Do you know this? Oh, we don't know this because she doesn't She doesn't like social media, y'all. Like, she, she, she doesn't like it. It, it makes baby. her feel funny. Whereas baby. I'm all like, I got in trouble yesterday by my husband because he says, you're obsessing. Because as y'all know, so we went live this week. Uh, That's what they supposed to be screaming, but they not here. Okay. Okay. Don't you do it. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> she tried to throw that whoop whoop up for that Arsenio Hall. I'm not. You refuse. I refuse. Mm-mm. I rebuke you. I rebuke you, it. I rebuke I Arsenio Hall. I'm rebuking that age of spirit, okay? Collagen and coffee over here, huh? Ooh, no. I got collagen in mine. It makes it, it makes it funny. Why did you warn me this? That it makes me it, like, <clears throat> and it makes you cough a little bit. So, Anyways. so do you want to be vibrant and young and glowy or do you want to you know, it? You know, one of my values is being vibrant. So I'm going to do everything that I can, hence the filters. And we talked about this, how like we're going to be, we have our, uh, we got our Facebook page. We also created a Facebook group called uh, More Than Words Community Connections because one of the things that's really important to us is creating community. And this is a space where, um, Everyone, our listeners, us, will be able to kind of come together, talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, talk about different topics, things that are going on, sharing resources, because the only way, and we're we're going to get into this uh, this topic very soon. Y'all, have, y'all don't know what the topic is, but we're going to get into it very soon. Um, <clears throat> what we need is to come together. Right. In one of our first episodes, we, I talked a lot about polarization and how we're so we're so d- far into different spectrum um, seemingly. But this community is bringing people together. Right. And yeah. celebrating those differences, honoring our similarities, 
um, honoring each other as as people, valuing one another, and creating this space. And I will say, for those who are following our community, the admin will delete <laughs> any comments that are attacking people because I will not tolerate attacks on people. Okay, if someone hurt gets hurt, that's anyways. That's my uh, warning. My <laughs> my warning. Um, yeah, so don't weaponize your emotions, right? To just get your point of view or I mean across, right? Like you really should be trying to to share and to also hear different perspectives. This is what the community is for. First of all, let's just go ahead and give a round of applause for your advertisement skills. Ooh, girl, you just slipped that right in me. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Did the pop-up come up? Is this one of them YouTube ads? Just go right in. Oh my gosh. You better, you better one live. of our friends, one of our friends uh will be super proud. You know who uh you know who I'm talking about, uh who does the uh Facebook ads. Yep, yep, and all that. Oh, I, I can't wait Facebook. for them to come on. That 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 whole movement, the, them, them, I'm fangirl all day. I said, man, I'm going up to be like you. I swear. I Me swear. Too. I was like, like, I sent them a can we say their names? No, don't do okay. it because they didn't say yes yet. So that, that's know. true. They didn't say yes. They'll know who it is when they hear this. Because I mess every time I do something like brave, right? Oof. I'll message them and I'm like, yeah. look what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> I got an that's A they- today. Put my paper on the refrigerator. <laughs> Dynamic duo, man. Influencers, socialites, man. They are, when I've, I've never seen, so when people talk about Black excellence, sometimes you just be like seeing it all, like not that close up. When I, I see it close up now, don't get it twisted. I got like a nice little network here. It's a lot of Black excellence going on, shmeow, shmeow. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is I, I love seeing them work together. I was like, that's couple goals? Like y'all just brand Y'all build business together. Y'all do your own business together. Y'all got your together business, man. One day I was working and they came up on the news, honey. By the way, don't judge me. I was watching the news. Yes, I still got the news because I need to know what's going on real time. We we, we, we watch, we listen, we read the news. We read things that we don't want to read. We watch the news that we don't want to watch because we, we have to we have to know from different perspectives. You got to know what's going on. Yeah, you yeah. got to know the perspective. And, and also you got to have the local news because something's very specific to your local area. That may Nation not news, international yeah. news. Right. Whew. I still well, get the news. I still get news from Malabo. <laughs> oh, you know what? Funny story. I was going to ask you if you still did. Uh, I get news from Malabo. <laughs> I can't wait for us to um, share a little bit about that after dark with, that we did with Robert. That's, by the way, like a look back wise for our episode, if you haven't heard the human one, which was probably one of my most vulnerable episodes, right? It was a hard conversation and, and Liz really championed me to get to, to that particular conversation. But man, when I tell you, I, when we did the after the session um, conversation where we talked about like our uh, experience over in Africa, man, it was a moment. Like sometimes you just kind of, man, sometimes those memories come up for you that just really fill you up. And you didn't even know you needed to kind of revisit that to kind of feel those experiences. But yeah, Malabo has my heart. Like I'm a hard person to, to, to like, once I have to know that I have to end something, I try really hard to disconnect it so that I can appreciate and be present in my next moments. But man, that took me the longest time to kind of not feel that learning to the want to run back. And, you know, like, like, did I leave too early? You know? <laughs> so that's interesting that you say that about disconnecting. So tell me more about, I'm, we're not in a coaching session, but I'm curious because 
feel like that's what's happening to me right now uh, with my move and everything. But tell me a little bit more about the disconnect. Yeah. So, so, so given my life experiences, right. If I, I've learned that if I hold on right to what has been in the past. So for example, for those of you know, don't know, I grew up in Washington, DC. When I grew up, it was, I grew up in my, in, a, in an extended family home, right? So it was my grandparents there, my mom's there, my aunts, my cousins, we all in the house. First of all, that was a blast by the way. Oh yeah. I grew up in an environment like that. So when I left that environment, and my mom and my sister and I moved into a, a different environment. I was clinging so hard to kind of find what that was and recreate that, that over time I realized that I had to just appreciate what that was and what that gave me and be more present to where I was, no matter where me, my, my sister was or where I was when I went to college. Like if I don't allow those to hold their unique place in my life and I keep trying to drag it, then I can't really be present or happy in my moment because I'm constantly comparing and contrasting like, this ain't how it was. No, I mean, I have to just literally say, I got to give it that, you know, that frame, you know, the frame on the bookcase, like, wow, that was a moment. I love y'all. And then I have to build a new frame and put a new picture in and just keep doing that in in every phase of my life. That that's really interesting, and that's a very good way of putting it. Whereas, because so for those that don't know, and I don't think I've shared this with people, is my my family and I are in the process of moving overseas. Um, so and it's it's a big move for us. It was a big decision. It's a, a um, it's something that's that it's something that we've been wanting to do for many many years, and we're finally doing it. Um, just for different reasons, but we've we've moved out of our house and I almost feel a little cold hearted because I'm so I'm not that I'm stoic because I I feel like I'm enjoying the moment I feel like I should be crying more than I am crying um like we moved away from our, our neighborhood here in Houston that we absolutely love I mean it was um it was a place where um like my my during COVID time, we created our little bubbles. We have our Taco Tuesday crew. <laughs> yes, I do have Taco Tuesday. Who yes. does it? Yes. Um, so, but I, you know, like I've been seeing them for the last couple of weeks, knowing that this day was coming. And yes, I did get emotional in the sense of like, it's like super happy and it's, it's very, um, like grateful that I had that experience but now I'm moving into this like now I'm with my best friend and we're living with her for a whole month before we we move um to overseas and she has a little baby and I get to spend time with my little nephew and it's just and and I get to spend time with my best friend like we've known each other since we were 14 years old um and this is the first time that we're going to be like really apart you know um for for a long time, but, um, but it's like, it's just super gratitude. And I feel bad that I'm not crying. Like, I'm like, Mm -hmm. am I Elsa from frozen? (laughs) I have no emotion. No, first of all, let's not, don't, don't no shade on Elsa though. Cause you can get, we can get. No, I'm an Anna fan for the frozen fans. I'm an Anna fan. She saved that whole movie and all these little girls want to be Elsa with the blonde hair and Listen. I get it. She, my husband tells me all the time that it was because she has magical powers. The magical power was Anna. 
I no, I agree. I'm with him. People want to be Elsa because she can make things nice. Who don't want superpowers? What are we talking about here? I want superpowers. I'm not looking for I got all that strength. I got that, superpowers. If I'm a princess, I got everything. What else do I need? Superpowers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. We going back. Don't try to. Don't see how we do. Don't try to. Get I away know. From this. You said so. So listening to you say that. So so listening to you say there's three words I'm super curious about. You said the word closed quite a bit. You said the word crying quite a bit, and the word don't coach me. Don't no, coach me. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's happening. And grateful, right? Yes. Gratitude, grateful. Yes. I'm curious about those three words. So when you think about crying, what does that typically? What? How does that really show up for you? Like when you when you have when you think about crying and why that's significant. So good question, and I think a lot of people hopefully will resonate with this. <clears throat> when you don't have, I'm sorry. It's like I'm about to take a speech. <clears throat> Girl, I was concerned. <laughs> I'm going to put the podium up. Let me scoop this over your way. The mic is yours, honey. <laughs> snap, 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 snap. Um, so when people, and we talked a lot about this in Robert's episode about, and he, one of the resources that's going to come out um, later on today about the maturity model. And, um, you know, are you, what is your readiness to be having complex conversations? What is your readiness to be able to advocate for yourself for having these courageous conversations or brave conversations, whatever word you want to use these difficult conversations? Um, I, for many, many years, I wasn't emotionally intelligent in that sense. So that that's a, a very good book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. We'll we'll put that in there. Um, it's such a great book to, and it's it's simple things. You're like, oh, I should know to do these things. But the reality is that we're very emotional creatures. Like we are people. We're we're very emotional, and sometimes we let that fog ultimately what we want to do. And so when I say crying a lot, and I said I should be crying. I should be doing this is because my old me would be so emotional about it. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with being emotional. But I think uh, I think maybe I have like a negative connotation on crying. That crying is a bad thing because I spent so many years crying when I was having difficult conversations, when I wanted a promotion at work, when I was advocating for my pay at work, when I was saying, no, I am worth X, Y, Z, or, hey, I want this position. And I, 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 when I would have these conversations, it would just be like tears just falling down because I wasn't ready to have those conversations. Now I'm all like snap, snap, snaps and add tax. <laughs> So, so there's so many places we can go, but we don't got enough time. We don't got enough time. But, but but let me let me just reflect something to you. When you were going through the crying and the connectivity about the emotion, right? That is the expectation of emotion versus what's actually coming up for you, mm -hmm. right? Then that contrasting with this old you, quote unquote, old you, right? Mm -hmm. And now how you are speaking about these emotions that you've been able to bring up from that old you to, to now in those various examples. And now you're being able to put actually a word to your crying. The yeah. crying was about ready, 
right? That was yeah. that last word you ended with about, it was about that readiness, right? Like whether that was the fulfilled or unfulfilled readiness that was happening in that moment. So, I mean, if you hear me reflect that back, How is it showing up in this moment now? I think for me, I'm really proud in both sides. Like, I'm really proud that I'm really grateful that I had that moment. Are you crying? Don't cry. (laughs) I know you cry. I know you cry in these instances because this is why you do. This is why you and I both do this work. When we see someone shift into a different perspective, especially when it's like, where they want to be when our clients get to where they want to be. It may not look the way they thought that it was going to look like to get into that journey, but this is why we do what we do. And we coach each other and we, you, and as a coach, we've done this work, which is why we do this for other people because we have amazing coaches that have gotten us here. So back to your question. Um, I'm grateful for both instances. I'm grateful that I went through that and I'm grateful that I recognize what I could have done differently. And I'm grateful for where I am at right now that actually Mm -hmm. I can have those conversations. And also we're going to get into this conversation, you know, the, our topic early today. Um, Also there's been a lot of, um, you know, like social media posts and comments and I for a long time I couldn't read those comments and posts and I would get like you know like when you're uncomfortable with the comments that are being made and you're sweating and you're mm-hmm. like you I, I I deal with anxiety so my anxiety like increases and it's mm-hmm. like I, in this instance here I know exactly where I am at and how I stand and where I stand and I will, I'm, I'm here to listen to other people's perspectives, but I'm going to do it in person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it over the phone. I'm going to do it on Zoom. I'm going to do it in person. I'm not going to do it behind a keyboard. So I don't engage in those kind of conversations out there. I use my platforms to post my opinions. They're my own opinions. And, and, and that's what I do. And I'm comfortable where I'm at. So, you know, anyways, I don't know if that answers your questions, but I'm proud. It does. I'm proud of it me. Does. Yes, that's what I wanted to, yes, that's what I'm hearing, that you're proud, you're grateful, and that you're comfortable with where you are, and that right there, Liz, is why it's great for our friendship, and no, I wasn't going to cry, because honestly, I think this coffee got me a little dehydrated. I saw saw your little tear there. I saw saw your little tear. I don't know. Were you cutting onions again? Were you cutting onions again? I don't know if I got it in me. I've been working out and I don't know if I have enough ounces of water. And it is hot over here. It's too much. It's too much. (laughs) I can't go outside. Too much of heat. I'm not doing any events outside. Don't invite me outside. Oh, Oh, not with this body. And also if I am inside, I'm going to have a personal fan. (laughs) Yeah. No. Oh, right. Because I brought the fans though. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody yet. They're not ready. They're not ready. Okay. So Liz, First and foremost, thank you so much for just allowing me to play with the coaching piece because the I think people need to experience how that looks like. One, that'll be our because, auntie moment. That'll be our auntie moment. It is our auntie moment because we're not gonna get to that because we want to jump to our topics. But I guess if this is our auntie moment, the one thing about 
being if you if you ever have an experience or seek out an experience to have a coach and just so you know coaches coaching is not therapy so if you that is a whole different way in which um you need to experience like psychological uh or, or traumas or anything trauma um or those types of things that is for a therapist a psychologist to kind of help you with that um who are able to facilitate that but coaching is really and about I do both. personal reflection performance advancement in those spaces around your leadership your whole self your career and personal journey so just want to be really clear about that mm-hmm. um just fyi and i do both together right so i i i have my coaches and i also have my my consortium our partnership that we're all coaches so i get okay. the benefit of, of just free, dialing a number free, free i know <laughs> to be safe <laughs> and the, but then i have my therapist too so i of course. I, Me too. I get both i get both me too. me too i got my therapist i'm proud of her i can't wait listen anytime i get a chance to talk to her i'll be like and thank you so um so i guess that's an opportunity for us to switch to our next topic so typically if this is your first time joining us we normally do a um auntie's moment um but that's what we want to share at least so we could catch up because it's been some time we want to at least catch you up i would like to say that our next section um here's a trigger warning it will be um some topics that if you are not emotionally prepared to listen to if you've been overextended in these topics or ideally, this is just not a topic that you feel like you want to hear more about. We will be talking about um, mass shootings. Um, we will be talking about the, the mass shooting that has occurred in um, the, the U.S. over the last few weeks, um, almost a month now, over a month now, um, the several different ones. We're also going to talk about Roe versus Wade. Um, which is the impacts on availability and accessibility of abortions. Um, and then we're also going to talk about mental health. Now, we may not go as deep into any political conversation because that's not really our, 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 our ministry, but um, we're going to at least talk about those opinions, um, our reflections on those topics, and the tools and, and, and resources that we even have shared with others who we who needed to navigate it or the ones we've been using ourselves. So this is your time to cut this thing off. If you this not this not you're not ready for this. So go on and enjoy the rest go, of your day. Appreciate go you. listen, go listen to our prior episode. True. Listen to our fly opening uh music credit yes. intro and music. Mm, uh, a don't trap, put that clap, in your, a little put that in your, uh, <laughs> don't start it i gotta tell them all about that one day that right there we need to tell them all about that uh-huh well you know we should do like a gratitude post and like really talk about because i know we will talk about what happened last week for yeah. us major major for more than words um we're talking about all the people that we can't do this alone we have a whole community of people that man we are so grateful for and one thing that i want to say about gratitude uh that just came up for me and i'm going to steal this away from you know one of my favorite people in the whole do world it. is jay, jay shetty I, I hope i hope i don't care i know you you don't like me telling other people's names because they haven't paid for advertising but I, you know what <laughs> He's, he is a vibe. Listen, I'm like Jay. Let's talk about people. It's the brands. It's the brands. Like you're not about to get no full promotion on your brand, but Jay is a person. Like we love you. Like love, we love, love. Like if it wasn't for him, I you know I wouldn't have realized my anxiety that I had. I didn't. Re- I wouldn't have addressed it. I wouldn't have realized like, oh, I didn't. I didn't really identify my values. So one of the things that he likes to say and I'll offer this up for everyone, is when you practice gratitude, 
you have you don't have room for anything else. Try it. Try it next time you're in a moment. And all of a sudden, like, practice that gratitude. Even if it's like, you know what? <laughs> I took a shower today. <laughs> I'm grateful for that moment. <laughs> As we all are, even though we are not in your sniffing environment. I got I got candles I got candles going. Anyways, all right. <clears throat> so Shara, let's talk about trigger warning. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. This is your exit. I know we digress for a second because that's what we do. But trigger warning. Take your exit now. This you know, don't pass go. This is not it. Uh, but we got plenty of other episodes that you don't can collect two hundred dollars. Don't do it because I'm telling you right now, you about to know us. You about to know us. So go ahead. And, 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 and I'm look, I'm already, you know, your human conversation where, where you, where you so were sweating. Sweaty. <gasps> Ooh, my okay. arm is. I'm a and, lady. And you, when we were recording, <laughs> I'm a lady. I'm a lady. Let me slap these uh, birds with you. Let me get these, let me get the air flowing. <laughs> I have, I have, a, I have a fan down here. Like like a, like a Beyonce J-Lo fan. Woo! Um, you did bring this up to me a while ago when um, one of the shootings happened um, here in Texas. And um, we were recording another another episode and you you brought this up to, to, to me and, and to Brandy, our guest, and she did the LGBTQ plus and education episode. And as an educator... We said, do we want to bring this up? Do we want to talk about this? And both uh, both Brandy and I were like, we're not ready for that conversation. I'm still processing it. And it took me a long time to process it. I have children. I have children in, in um, that are school-aged. And uh, my children, um, they, they have active shooter training. And I had a very candid conversation with my child. The fact that I my child is seven years old and I'm having to have, you know, this conversation, as you know, in our prior episode, we are very open in our family. Um, we have progressive values. That's, that's what, that's what we, both my husband and I have agreed to, to do that with our children. And we have very open, honest, candid conversations about multiple things. My kids know about Roe v. Wade. My kids know about abortions and what that means. My kids know about environmental issues. My kids know, you know, the, the, and, and we ask them, like, do you have any questions about this? And believe it or not, they have opinions. They have things. And so when I told my kid about this, I said, look, this is what's happened. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, I'm very torn up about it. I don't know how to feel, but I want you to hear it from us. I want to I want to invite you to ask any questions and we are a ask anything question family. And if we don't know, we're going to go ask TT Shara. Who was <laughs> the answer? Help me answer this right now. <laughs> um and my kid was like, "Yeah, it's awful, mom. That's that's really terrible." Um but you know, this is why we have all these drills and he went down. I have no idea, Shara. He went down the list of drills that they do. I said, how often do you do this? And he said, oh, like, you know, a couple times a week. 
and it just depends on where we're at. It could be recess. We could be sitting outside. Um, you know, we could be at the gym. We could be at the cafeteria. We could be in our classroom. And he went on, talked about how, you know, there's a window in his room and it's uh, bulletproof. Uh, the the school that he attends, the front entrance is bulletproof. And I said, oh, my gosh. How did we get here? How did this yeah. happen? Yeah. Um, and and I and I come from a perspective from a very low income neighborhood in Houston where we didn't have enough money for calculators and computers and 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 uh, school supplies mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. teachers um our our school had metal detectors but we didn't have bulletproof anything or other like right. I right. you know I just and they didn't shoot. I, similarly, I grew up in those same spaces and uh, more so in my middle high school, right? And I'm telling you that that you, they would have those things, but, you, but, but school was a safe place, right? Like it was the truth with all the things that was happening in the community, specifically the one I was in, um, that definitely was a low income, um, working poor neighborhood, predominantly black with a lot of people who were just trying to um, create a better space for what they had available to them for what their their means were, right? Like, you know, I know we like to call it the hood, but let's say the short, that's a short word of neighborhood. It was a community of people who were in a shared experience trying to survive it and transition from it. So um, what I would say is the one thing that we did have was this truth, which was we, they, there was as many dangerous people that was in that neighborhood and believe me there I knew my fair share of them and I knew enough of them that I never wanted to know but those individuals would not mess on that school grounds and I don't know if it was the administrators who created that sense of it or if it was just like that hierarchy of listen we got we we this is we these these are children right maybe sure you know this is a safe place for them and that's something that's off limits but let's just be clear that was a safe place right you go there to get away from them i remember people running from what was happening in the community into the schools even when it wasn't open because it was seen as a safe place but yes you're right we moved away from a place where schools are a safe place for children, not only to learn, to explore, and to escape into those places for them to figure out who they are. We've created these spaces to almost function like highly dangerous facilities. And we've worked on highly dangerous facilities from a work standpoint. And guess what happens? You have what they call these CERT plans, where it's like these critical emergency response teams and plans where you just basically are planning for the worst case scenarios. And you just outline how a child is running that type of scenario every day because it's more of a realization than a hurricane or a tornado hitting their school. But the thing is, are they effective? I mean, like, are, are any of these drills going to help? I would hope so, right? Like, I mean, candidly speaking, we are training these children like we would do SWAT teams and other emergency emergency responders. Well, and right? you know like- what? Yeah, well, Cheryl, because you and I, I mean, I called you, you called me, you had one of those moments where you're like, I need to check on you. I need to check on Liz, because this is one of my biggest fears. We had a scare back in December in our own district. And um, and it just kind of triggered me a little bit. And so you checked up on me and I, and I was just bawling. And I said, how am I going to have this conversation with my son? And you know, this and that. And um, 
And you you said he is he's emotionally ready for this because he's been trained for this, right? Which is so sad coming from me. And I grew up in a very similar kind of dynamic where our, you know, we talk about community a lot. And um, mine was a predominantly um, a Hispanic community. And, um, and, and it, it was schools were the safe haven. Schools is where um, I was I'm very blessed. And in, in my in my family, I had, you know, hot meals to eat. Our house was the place where most of our, my friends and my brother's friends would come and and eat dinner and uh, meals at our house. But a lot of kids didn't have food. So school was a place where they got free food. That's where they they had they they had food at. Um, it was also a place where, I mean, in in the Hispanic community, mental health is not a a widely accepted thing. And I, I think that's not just specific to Hispanic communities. I'm speaking in my own kind of experience. Um, and, um, and so a lot of times these schools for kids, especially teenagers, when our, you know, we talked about that in, in the Brandy's episode in education, these kids are already going through so much. Their bodies are changing. Um, social media is happening, the friendships, like it's just a whole bunch of things is happening to you. So you use the schools and the teachers and administrators as a safe haven, as someone that you trust an advocate, an ally, a sponsor. If it weren't for my teachers that saw something special in me, I wouldn't have had the trajectory that I had. I would have had a very, very different, different, but I had a teacher who was in elementary, my fifth grade teacher. She saw something special in me and she told my parents, hey, Go to this. Go to this middle school. It has a, an advanced placement program. I will write her recommendation letter and put her through. And then that like sent me off in a different trajectory growing up, um, which is interesting. We'll have that conversation about navigating. Yeah, I was about to say we could go on and down that 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 road because we could do so with teacher appreciation. Right, because sure. my neighborhood was still the same. Right, right. But it and was the then same I think right? Tupac same. has a whole song of it. Tupac yeah. has a whole song of it. Yeah. <laughs> He does. But let me say, in my family, I have teachers, you know, principals, vice principals, I mean, all in my school. And, and the one thing that I, one thing I will say is, I mean, we've had a number of these instances, right? Um, and what has happened is that there is such a, there is such a, they've, they've added this into the plan. No different than preparing for you know, how they're going to open school and all different, how they're going to handle lesson plans. They have added in the mass shooting preparation and practice for these teachers. And by the time you listen to there, there are even states or a, at least one state knowledge, I knowledge of that has now given the permission at the state level for teachers to carry a gun with 24 hours of training with a, a, a firearm. And when I had this conversation with one of my uh, family members about it, it was so matter of fact, like, listen, we got to prepare for this. We do fire drills. We need to now do mass drills. We know what we need to do to protect these children, right? And because parents have entrusted us, right? We are, I mean, and, and even in this conversation, the person said, 
the organizations that you work with have entrusted us to do our part to make sure that they get the fullest and the education they need and the fullest experiences so that we can allow them to be able to contribute to this world. And part of that now is protecting their life. And I couldn't, I almost couldn't hold back the tears because it was so matter of fact, like to me, that was an impactful conversation. This person was talking as if we was eating chips and looking at Netflix because it has become such a thing where they know there's no cavalry coming to save them. There is no legislation that's coming that's going to save them from the fact that we have changed our values around if children deserve the maximum protection when they are in school. And that value shift has now placed a burden on the students themselves, no matter the age, as well as the teachers and administration and those individuals who have to support it. So they have to build that fort and have to think of it that way with the same knowledge that they, like a firefighter or police officer would go and do and think, today might be the day that this happened. So that's so, what we have decided as a society that's acceptable because there hasn't been a Calvary coming to do it. And we are not upset enough about it to say that this has to stop, that it has to be a line drawn in the sand around our children. We have just adapted and accepted it. And yes, you have parents who are now going to the schools, but at the end of the day, now they have to protect you too. And now you're a danger. And no offense, by the way, just in this fake conversation, this same person was like, I don't mean no harm. I don't want them to tell them to give me no gun because I mean, sometimes them kids find a way to get into a lockbox and grab things out of my purse. I was like, come on now. So, I mean, <laughs> we we don't allow our kids to go to other people's houses without us. That, that's a Hispanic thing, though. <laughs> My fellow Latinos, you can't stay over there at their house. That's a very Latin, Latin. First of all, that's Black, too. Let me tell you, you get the rundown. You be like, come on. I don't know them. <laughs> we don't know their full name. People could come here. Anybody could come here. Y'all could invite everybody. The tios, the tias, the aunties, Titi. Y'all could uh, come here, bring bring some food, bring some drinks. Like We walk in them grounds. We walk in them grounds. But, we um, don't find a reason to use the bathroom so we can see what's going on in that house. Believe that. <laughs> you ain't put no kids going nowhere without that acceptable review. Which is a very, a very contingency because my husband's British. And so he's like, oh, you're going to have an issue, you know, not letting your kids spend a night at their house. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. Like, it's like, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. So he's like, oh, they when they spend a night at their friend's house. And I'm like, nope. But anyways, we like we're very when we our kids go and like have play dates or something. We ask the parents outright, like, do you own guns? And I'll tell you what, like it we hesitate on letting our kids uh, go over there because they don't know. I mean, they they know, but they don't know, right? They see Star Wars and there's so much like gun stuff everywhere. The the YouTube videos, the video yeah. games. And video I will games. say though, I will say video games are not the reason why we have mass shootings. Yeah, listen, the blame is not a, the blame can, if you can easily attribute something like that to a very complex issue, you're not, you're at the surface level. You're really not at the root cause. The root no. cause is th there's a lot more guns available in the world and the criteria to own one is very limited. Right. And I heard someone say that we should regulate guns like we do driver's license. And I could not agree more, right? There is no way that you're going to get the millions and millions of guns that has now been 
out there in society and available based on our rights, right? Like, I'm not trying to say take the guns back because first of all, that's ridiculous in the sense of, listen, yeah. between 2022, you can go look at the data, how many people have purchased a firearm specifically around the pandemic in some locations. But let's just be clear. The regulation of the gun, right? The accountability for this dangerous device. If this was a bomb, I'm sure you would have regulations. If this was nuclear, if it had any other thing like the power to kill as a gun does, then would you just put the right parameters, the same levels of accountability as you are asking people to drive a vehicle that could be also very dangerous and make it such that there's a, some accountability and a review around it as are you able mentally, physically to operate a firearm? And yes, people yeah. get like, oh, well, what about the mental piece? Listen, at the end of the day, we have to start somewhere. And you may not agree with me on that, but we got to start somewhere. And the other piece is, ideally, when you buy a firearm, there should be a requirement that you're given a device to keep it safe. And like a lockbox or a place, you just couldn't be able to have a gun. And, well, and, I mean, and Florida, Florida does that with their pools. You can't put a pool in your house without having a safety protection because you may have kids and you know, and all that stuff. You have to have a, 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 a safety mechanism. What gets me, and and we're not going to go into like the specifics about gun safety and everything. We, we both have our own opinions. But the reason why we wanted to bring this up, one, it's something that's happening hugely, right? And, it, it, and it's like, it's every, every minute that you turn it on, you see something. But what I don't understand, and, and people are, I know I'm going to get a lot of like hate mail for this but well, we're not if you come on and bring it okay, that's I mean, so FYI. i know like okay so we, many can, people you can talk challenge us but not no hate we don't do hate yeah don't don't hate me for this and this is a genuine like curiosity because you're telling me that this is my it's a constitutional right it's a second amendment um that you have a right to bear arms you have a right to protect yourself but let's talk about roe v wade a little bit Wait, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Before you go to Roe v. Bay, let me just be, I want to say something about what you just said. So you do got a constitutional right to bear arms. And, and I know what you're going to say, because I'm probably going to say the same thing in a little bit, but okay. go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, go ahead. You have, okay, I don't know if we're going to say the same thing, right? But, I think we but are. You have, a, you have a constitutional right to bear arms, which is completely fine. But as a person who have lived in places where guns are illegal, people still find a way to get guns. They do. And in places where guns are legal, people still find a way to get guns that they didn't purchase legally. So once again, they're out there. And the my, my piece is what we've tear away from not talking about how to manage them is that we are putting on our children the trauma, trauma, the traumas shattering their assumptions of the world right? You're shattering the assumptions of the world so that they now have a lens of fear that now is growing in their mind that does not allow them to be able to appreciate the experiences of education and the experience of school and those types of things that we have as a country had to experience and has allowed us to get up to this point. So what is the impact that that will have with this generation when they cannot trust us to give them the and, basic safety and, the, yeah. and, and, and show some accountability around not just their life, but these devices and their mental health around the people that are experiencing these traumas? Because we are accepting 
by not doing enough that we're okay with the trauma that they're going to have to navigate. Well, you spoke on something that talked, you said fear. And we see this quite a bit, right? In our work, in our DEI work, a lot of the, um, a lot of the hesitation and the not wanting to lean in and be more aware of the problems and the other perspectives from other people and the challenges that other people are doing and and this this like honoring our differences people they tend to many people tend to seek out the similarities with people because that's their comfort zone and this whole thing of like not being uncomfortable it is fear it is all fear. It's fear of losing what you think is like your life right now. It's fear drives so much. And it's like, is this the kind of culture that we want? We want a fear-based culture. And, mm-hmm. and again, I talk a lot about the me mentality, right? What am I afraid of? What 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 am, what do I need to protect? What what do I need to uh you know, go mama bear on, right? Me, 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 me. And it's like, wait a minute, I need to listen to someone else's perspective and and, and understand like, okay, where are you coming from, from this? And I, I genuinely like, I genuinely, you know, want to know from people like, you, you, you talk a lot about you, I shouldn't say you. Many people talk about like the Second Amendment, and I and, and I'm not saying like share to your point, like not getting rid of guns, like but managing that, and also having better access to mental health. Do you know how hard it is to get a therapist? And I'm privileged, y'all. I have I have health care. I have a well paying job. You know, I have a husband. I have a support system. I am privileged in that sense. So health care is very easily attainable for me. And also, I'm in spaces where talking about mental health is a very common thing. So now you get back into the into the neighborhoods, into the places where that isn't a common thing. I did not have health insurance f- until I was an adult. I was in my late 20s when I had health insurance. And even to this day, my best friend has to remind me when to go to the doctor. <laughs> Because there's this, <laughs> did you girl, have- wait a minute, girl, man, listen, I was the opposite. I, I spent a lot of time without insurance, right? When we did all the home healing. Let me just tell you, my mama is a doctor. Sana, nurse, sana, 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 la colita de rana. Okay. Okay. That means also, you know what? We're going to put this hot towel and we're going to put these socks on. We're going to sweat this thing out. Okay. So y'all, y'all know what we're talking about. And then, well, I will say that that's so true because when I didn't have insurance, right, you navigate the world differently. You always are kind of assessing the risk, right? I played sports. My mom was like, well, I need you to be careful. When my mom had those talks about safety, it wasn't, it was about physical safety because there was, she didn't want to deter me from those things, but she also wanted me to be highly aware that we don't have this excess of money if you get hurt. And, and I'm not saying she, she made me feel any kind of way, like a lot of responsibility, but I understood, right? Like, there's nobody to run to. <laughs> I mean, the only time you go into the emergency room, you bleeding and we can't fix it. And not bleeding, bleeding and uh, we can't fix it kind of thing, right? Like that was the situation. But when I did get it, and that's why I, I mentioned this comment, when I got insurance, girl, I was there all the time. I was like, and this is, oh, I feel something. 
I'm going to go. I used it up so much. I don't know how much money I spent the first couple of years. I was like, y'all, y'all going to, they knew me. They was like, Shara, really? No, no, sis. We going to do this today because I have all the insurance to (laughs) do. Hey, but that's expensive. You know how many people in America have so much medical debt? My my father um, uh, will have a whole story, and Mama D agreed to come on our podcast um, to wow, tell her story. Yeah, so she's she's deal. gonna yeah, it's a big deal. So my my father was very sick uh, in his. Uh, he he's he's passed on but he was very sick he, he had a lot of mental health issues and and just a lot of ailments himself and uh, my mom brought herself out of like this huge medical debt and this was like after he had insurance like he he had insurance but we couldn't afford to have insurance because of his medical needs and then on top of that like we had to then go pay for all this like medical debt but we're we're digressing a little bit and it because and actually I want to go into the uh, fear and then like I I want to go into Roe v Wade because I know we're making this episode very long we knew that this was going to happen I'm managing our time a little bit um one comment that I heard um was about the accessibility of contraceptions and um you know and in Roe v Wade and in in both of these topics whether it's gun control. Uh, or should I say gun gun control, gun safety, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade. Oh my God, girl, girl, that girl, that grease point, that grease point came out real quick. Don't let them judge you. It's fine. Go on with it. Go on with it. Northside, Houston, y'all. Okay, represent. Represent. So one of the things that. that with Roe v. Wade, and I am a firm believer on my full autonomy of my body. I want to go ahead and, and put that out there. In our LGBTQ plus um, episode, I talked about um, that community is something very special to me. And um, and you're probably going to get mad at me what I'm about to say, but I don't I don't tolerate hate on that community at all, at all. I also don't tolerate uh, people who who say anything against my my autonomy of my own body. I just don't, because um, th- I, I saw some kind of posts um, online about you know the kind of like the religious standpoint and like how there are people believe it's like kind of like a celebration of life and this and that and but then it also I had the other side of it where it hurt someone right? Who had to make that difficult choice. I don't think abortions are something that's taken lightly. I don't, I think that's a very difficult choice to make. And I've never had to experience that. I've never had to make that decision. So my, my opinion is of my own and is of my own body, right? I, I want to have that autonomy. And also I, as a mother, I don't see the support post-baby. So again, I'm privileged, right? So I have, my children have healthcare. My children can go to daycare so that both my husband and I can work. Um, but there are many people who, who don't have this. There's many people, many kids out in the system. What are we doing? What are we doing with our homeless kids? In, in Brandy's episode, we talked about 40% of homeless kids are lgbtq plus yeah 
So what are we doing there? Yeah, because they're already kids to be adopted, right? So what's going on? What what what's, what what is it? You know, what what are we gonna put in place to if that's so? Let, let me not say that because I'm about to be facetious because I'm about to go down this road. Let me just be. I was about to be real shady. My bad. Let me bring that back. Let me. Be I know. I feel like I've been very shady this episode. Also, I see my hands going like you, this, and my. We seriously, I'm leaning in. We girl. Don't don't let the, don't let nobody judge us. Here we go. So I'm about body autonomy. Right. Um, and people, people will have been, and we can talk about some tools that I've used during these conversations with different people and what I've used to kind of navigate from tool standpoint. But my opinion is this body autonomy. Okay. You should be able to decide what you're going to do with your body. Let me tell you why. Maybe it's obvious, right? I'm a black woman who was stolen. My lineage was stolen from Africa. Body autonomy. Right, right there, already compromised. Brought us over here, and depending on your gender, they told you what to do. You was either working hard or in 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 in, in the fields, mining whatever it is that was that, and you were being abused. Nobody autonomy. P.S. If you were a woman, you was treated no different than an animal that was being bred. Whatever that mean is most sadistic ways, no matter how they try to like put some shine on it in these new versions of education. But let me be clear, body autonomy is the history of what has has been a part of um, this, this colonization. It's to take away your choice, right? There's, a, there's an instance of power over, which is control, governing, limiting, eliminating those options. And then there is this piece of Let's just get away from if you decide to whatever you decide. The fact of the matter, the, the funnel is getting thinner about if you're able to birth, right? Or if you have birthing rights, right? Or not birthing rights, but able to birth, right? Yeah. You are now have a limited options for how you want to manage your family planning and your body. And the sad part about this is it does not stop because if you read what they what what those justices were saying and even in the 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 statement and even after that with other politicians they were basically saying we coming for other things contraception we're coming for same sex marriage IVF some right IVF IVF someone even said Boris versus Brownovich like. The thing that said that schools could not be segregated, is this the same conversation you want to allude to when you cannot protect the kids that's currently in school who are being trained to be um, not killed and prote- protect the greater good in their classes and decide who is sacrificed? Are we kidding here? Body autonomy. Body autonomy for going all the way back to choice. Like, you you just cannot win this conversation. So, you can bring in so answer me this, Shara, because you... You you can help me. I'm very, I'm too emotionally tied to this, right? And I, you know, we talked about my emotional intelligence not completely. Let it loose. They but, need to know. Um, let, can, can I answer this? We just had a pandemic, right? And um, the mask mandate went away in Texas very quickly, as well as you know the COVID vaccine mandate. How is that any different? Many people are like, you can't force me to get have a vaccine. I don't know what's in it. Um, I can't, you can't force me to have a mask. I have a right to wear a mask, but you can tell me that I, I can't have an abortion if my family, like I can't do my own family planning or if it's medically necessary 
to have an abortion because the pregnancy isn't viable and there's a risk of me losing my life and um or my child losing their life or I'm gonna have to birth this baby that I know is not a viable pregnancy and go through the trauma of that and so how it's probably a rhetorical question, I, I think. It is. I'm not expecting an answer on it. but you know, I'm, just, I'm ready. I got my hand raised. Listen, who are watching this part? I'm ready. It, put me in the game. Sis. She, she, put me in the game. Out. Yes. Me, We're very go. animated today. You know I'm ready. This is the mess I've been And I keep for. doing this in my hair. Oh, and your nails is giving me life. Come on, sis. We was prepared and we was dressed for it. We was ready. Okay. Hope, 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 hope. Yes. Hope is, hope is true. Let me just, let's go on the record here. Right, we we are dealing with in uh, radicalized individualism. Right, we are dealing with, and, and and to be fair, right, it's it's not new. Like I mean, being individually focused uh, is kind of what we have agreed to as a democracy. Right, come pull up your bootstrap, come make America your own. It does. It's really about how you experience it and you bring to the table. So we don't mm-hmm. necessarily deal in the collective or the community. We hopefully bring that with your cultural experiences and those types of things that you can balance them out the two. But when that is not in the lacking or that is not the priority, if you're using like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to understand like the threat response here, it just goes back to one thing, which is we have been in a constant cycle of having to choose between threat and reward. So that's psychological, that's neuroscience. Go check out you know, NLI, the neuroscience leadership, all of those folks who talk about that particular piece. Because really my favorite model that I love to talk about because when people, this gets too emotional, it goes back to like, well, they have a model, um, not, um, neuroscience leadership institute is one of my favorite places. P.S. If anybody from there listening, I can't afford y'all membership. So please yeah. help me. Help can can help more me. than words get a membership? Please. Hashtag us. We need to get in there because I love your tools. P.S. I do believe in brain science and, and neuroscience because it really kind of helps to take away the fact that take a big picture step back. But really, at the end of the day, if we use that model. Right. And I don't know if we can post their model on our stuff. So I'm not going to post it. I don't want to be in trouble with them. But I will say um, if we use their model, right, it's, it's about threat and reward. And what does threat and reward? Threat tells you that, okay, you need to run, you need to save yourself, you need to save your family, you need to save your friends, you need to go build an build an island and put up a fort and bring all your guns or whatever your whatever your list of things of protection are, including your religion, whatever that is, right? Yeah. And then your reward responses is, okay, we finally there, sis. We finally here. This is what we've been fighting for. I feel seeing her value and appreciated in this moment. Okay. But what happens when you get to these polarizing topics where people are constantly asking you to pick a side, pick a side, yeah. pick a side, yeah. and they're constantly judging you if you don't, oh, you know why I have a side? Oh, da, 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 da. They got I mean, me. I lost so many friends in these yeah. last, in these last few years because our value systems were, weren't in line. It was either their choice or I was like, I can't, I can't do this today. And it was because of the polarization. Yes. And polarization basically says that, um, I'm going to judge the difference. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to judge the difference that I'm going to have an opinion. I'm even going to, I may not even look at the information, but I'm a, I'm a glance over it. And I'm going to literally say if it's right or wrong. And what people typically feel, they feel like they're under siege. 
They feel like their culture, the things that are important to them are under siege and then superiority kicks in. So whether that is your collective superiority, if you want to talk about whiteness, if that is your superiority as an individual that, okay, me and mine, right? Whatever that is, it's that overemphasis of that, right? And so once again, it's that overemphasis to your point about commonality versus differences. And that's yeah. where that polarization gets worse. But what I'll say is going back to the NLI model, one of the things I love to bring up in this moment is that when you have this threat response or this reward response, no matter wherever you sit on these polarized pieces, there's some things that always come up. Your status, meaning who am I? How does the world see me? How do I see myself? How does my community see me? It also triggers to get to the balance or the balance that you want when this these polarizations happen. other When you try to get to that middle, status is one thing that constantly has to be discussed. It's something that often is the imbalance. Like I have access to, i.e. Yeah. Roe versus Wade, and, I, and, and these folks don't, oh well. Or we need to talk about how do we do some equity and make it more equitable for those who may yeah. not have that access. Then we talk about certainty. We have been in a state of uncertainty. So it's hard to say if I make this definitive answer right now that would normally stop my threat reward response, that certainty will help me. We have not been able to create that for ourselves. So certainty is usually what happens when you're trying to bring that balance or that come from that over index from polarization or that threat reward. But the other piece that shows up, and this is where I've been dealing with it the most with some of our clients and people call me and use the auntie moment, right? Is autonomy. <laughs> Right. People yeah. are feeling trapped as far as whatever side you're on, feeling like you are have less of or that you're yeah. finally free to be more of yourself. And yeah. so that autonomy and that freedom, each, you know, however you view it. Right. Is one of those things that people either shine in your face like we finally here, boo, yeah. this is important to us or it is creating situations where people have to hide who they are. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you and I have spent years hiding who we were in our companies because it was, a, again, it was a safety mechanism. Mm -hmm. It was not safe to be who we are. It was not safe to think how we think. Um, in my company, um, and I think I've shared this before, it's not a surprise. I am agnostic. My husband is atheist. I believe in all these faiths. I have like my own kind of philosophy that I, that I have. Um, but I, this is like one of the, this few, last few years is the first times that I was ever able to share that or feel comfortable enough to share that with me, uh, with people, because I would always get asked everywhere I went, Hey, what church do you go to? Uh, actually I don't go to church. Like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, and, and it was like, <gasps> this, this kind of like back, back motion. And, and, you know, you and I, like you talked about your faith very early on and, and, um, kind of our, like that kind of diversity wheel that we always talk about too. So it's like that, not feeling safe to think how you think and 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 be who you are and I also what I found interesting and what was coming up for me what you just said right now with NLI was everyone has their guiding principles everyone has their values systems whatever it may be go back to the diversity wheel and think about what makes you who you are, because that's how you then approach the world and your situations. And um, there's even um, a couple of assessments, too, that talk about who you are when you're in a moment of stress. Um, 
and how you show up and everything. But what I don't understand is, okay, you have your values, you have your guiding principles, but what makes you feel like you would push that on to someone else? Relatedness and community, right? Goes back to MLI. Shout out to y'all. We giving y'all some promotion. I'm for real. We need that. We want to tag them. Uh, so relatedness, re- okay. relatedness is what is the other piece in that model, which is we are all looking for community. And community can sometimes be a positive thing and it can sometimes be a negative thing. And when it's in polarization, it's pick a side and you create the community on whichever side. But in this case, relatedness should just be like what we're trying to create here, which is like, I need to understand multiple perspectives regardless of what I decide. Because two things can be true. I can be pro body, I could be body, body, I could be pro body autonomy, but I could also choose from a value standpoint that I'm not going to make a decision to um, have an abortion, right? Or there also could be a sense where, you know, I can support another person, even though my value system doesn't agree with that, right? But relatedness is what we are. That's the inclusion part of this work. The Mm -hmm. work is if we, we are not, we can't do anything in isolation. We can't heal in isolation. We can't be our best selves in isolation. We can't grow in isolation. We can't, you know, live out your purpose in isolation. Shoot, mm-hmm. you can't even eat, eat in most cases with in isolation. Y'all know, y'all know I don't know how to be alone. So right. we've already we've already talked about that. Right. If I'm ever right. alone, I call Shara or I'll call my best friend. I'll be like, let's chit chat. But you know, right. I will have to say, like, I in this Roe v. Wade and everything that's come out, a lot of a lot of things have come out. People are very emotionally tied to it because again, they're looking at their own value system, they're looking at their own guiding principles, and then they're assessing everyone outwardly based on themselves. And I will appreciate, like, I don't know, I used some examples that were real examples. I did have an appreciation for many people who um, you know, they're Christians and they gave me a different perspective. And I really appreciate like where they're coming from, how they view it, how they see see it and what it means for them you know there was an example someone struggled to get pregnant yeah of course you they don't want babies to to to, they don't want to they see it as like you know killing a baby or murdering a baby or something like that right right it's it's and it really is like i have i am again i am privileged because i have two children and Mm. i have them right so again and i always say this i have i want my own body autonomy I want to have the choice to 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 do. Now, if it came to that point where, and I'll be very honest, I'm going to share a very vulnerable story that I've, I don't know, I think I've ever shared this with you, Shara, but I didn't know if I wanted to have children. Um, I thought it was very selfish. Uh, I thought I was a very selfish person and I didn't know if that was what I wanted. Then I met my husband and I was like, ooh, he cute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. that, that's going to be a conversation for, you know, after dark kind of conversation. But um we we chose to have children and when I got I, I didn't realize I was pregnant at the time, but I was like, no, 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 I don't want a baby. I, you know, I I changed I changed my mind. I was like, I I don't, I am not ready for this. And I had a full blown panic attack. I was in the bathroom of our house and I was on the floor and I was like, I just went like just saw all like 
dark. I couldn't see. I had a, you know, my, I was hyperventilating. And my husband like freaked out and was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, we don't have to do this. It turns out that I was pregnant. And then of course, have ha- being pregnant with your first child comes a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety of like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to be. Um, they do a lot of tests on you as well too. So they do blood work um, to check to see if they have any kind of disabilities or anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to, am I am I prepared enough to be able to handle a child with disabilities? Like, am I, you know, like all these things kept running through my mind and it was all fear. And I was so, so, so scared. Right. And I was very lucky to have a friend of mine who had already gone through this journey. Um, and, and this is why community is very important and and finding the people that can help you through a lot of, she's like, you know, you're never going to be given anything that you cannot handle. Come on, friend. Fred, and she is a woman of faith, and she Come says, on. God will never give you any, and I'm, woo, I'm getting chills right now, and that served me so much, and now, like, I'm so grateful that I had that blessing, and that I had that miracle, because as you know, my seven-year-old is going to change the world, he's going to make it a different place, the other one is going to be, I don't know what he's going to be, but he's going to be something else, <laughs> number two. <laughs> Yeah. First of all, he's the CEO. Let's not be, let's be very clear about that. Um, I, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. No, you've not shared that with me, but I'm glad that you felt safe here on the podcast to share that because I'm sure that story is something that other individuals who've gone through that experience can relate to, right? And for those of you who, who cannot relate per se to that particular experience, because maybe your journey was different, I just offer you Maslow's hierarchy, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, whenever you're faced with a decision, right? As big as the one to, to be a parent, right? Or as little as do I, do I decide to take this job in another state? Or do I decide that I can even, you know, uh, afford to, to, to take a change in work, right? If you do any of those things, Maslow hierarchy is where you go. It happens at the individual level. You are at that bottom of that pyramid where you're like, my psychological needs, food, water, warmth, rest, what is at risk? Is it established? Because if it's not, then we ain't even moving to the next part, right? Like if I can't eat and my body can't function, my mind's not full, if I can't rest, those types of things, then you go up into safety. So safety can be a lot of things, right? Safety can be physical security. Safety could be mental safety, right? Am I am I whole and complete in what it is that I feel like I'm capable of doing? Do I feel safe in the environment that I'm living in or I have access to, to raise a child or make a big decision or decide Mm -hmm. to make this big leap um, or not, right? Right, or the opposite of that. And then of course, everything makes that shift to your community, that belongingness and what it needs for, and your love needs, right? Like intimate relationships, community, friends, right? And then you go into, after you can say that I got those things in place, then you can make bigger jumps. Like, oh, I'm going to be the fullest me, right? Like, I'm going to realize my purpose. But if you can't get past that first one, whereas I know where food is, I know that I, in my my mental um, state, is, is top health, that I'm able to rationalize my emotional pieces and the logical pieces of what I need to do, then it's hard to feel, you can't even talk about safety. Because yeah. you're not, you're in a state of trying to say, am I going to make it through this? Before and you know, you- Shara, we have another episode coming up with Melanie. 
about the equity of self-care. And you, when you and I were talking about having this episode, we talked about, uh, okay, like picture, picture a single mother earning minimum wage and inflation's real. Gas prices are expensive, right? Um, and you add a child into it, putting yourself in that perspective, right? So what happens with, you know, self-care? With self-care, like, to you and I, it may be a spa day. It may be, you know, walk, walk, taking a walk. But to many, and again, my self-care is like for a long time was just going to the doctor and like doing my normal checkups. That self-care would be like, oh, hey, um, you know, you got to go to the doctor and check it out. Like you have blood pressure issues. You have diabetes. And if you're in a low-income neighborhood where it's a food desert, and we'll go back to like, Right where you don't you don't have fresh access fresh access to ve- fresh vegetables and fruits and everything you have um, fast food chain restaurants you got um, convenience stores um, and then you're thinking about oh wait um, diabetes high blood pressure cholesterol issues are very high in Black and Latino communities. Okay, they which don't makes have that- you high risk, which makes you will be what make makes you, you high, high risk. risk. For, which makes you high risk for uh, having a, a, a pregnancy that isn't viable, mm-hmm. a pregnancy mm-hmm. at risk, because now you have just you could have gestational diabetes, right? You or you could just have diabetes in general. You're obese or whatever it may be, and that and, and you that may, you may yeah. not have insurance, Liz. Like you may not have insurance. Me. Exactly, right. you may not have insurance. So, right. I mean. You know what's what's coming up for me, and I know we're getting like close to time. We could talk about yeah. this. We probably have a, a, a tie to, but one thing that we are exhausted. All these issues are compounding on top of each other. The reason why we're so animated today, the reason why we're so passionate about this, the reason why we started this podcast, shit, <laughs> like, is because <laughs> we keep and don't worry, I put explicit on the Apple Podcast. This is for girls. I saw that. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> Just because I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, y'all. That's um, fair. I'll take it. I mean, y'all know I, I Guiding Principles by Tupac, Biggie Smalls, and Wu-Tang Clan. So yep. there's that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> That's, how I live. That's how I live my life Period. today. <laughs> Judge if so you won't. Know. Judge if you won't. Judge if you won't. Go ahead. Um, but I think like we're just all exhausted and it's no matter where you are at the level of exhaustion differs depending on where you're at in society and where you're at but it's even prominent in like and I'm going to speak to me and to Mm -hmm. myself right my body's being questioned I I am in this I'm a I'm a diversity equity and inclusion professional I am a coach and I coach through a diversity lens I have clients who are from underrepresented groups and I know we're not supposed to be emotionally tied to our clients but these are our communities this is my community my Latino community my my sister my black community here like I mean it's not my community but share you're part of that community so it's something that I'm very you know like I yeah you no, know. I get it. We, we are in community and I just want to be black. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are in community, right? And um, and so that's all being attacked. Every day, it's an attack 
on our choice. It's an attack on our rights. It's our attack on our on our just our livelihood. And we're exhausted. And then on top of it, like again, in our first episode, we talked about the pandemic, how we are not talking about the impact of that pandemic, the long term impact of that pandemic. I see it in my four year old who is struggling, who struggle like we'll go out in public and he struggles. He comes to a point where he's like, I'm done. I don't want to be around people anymore because I'm done. He spent two years being at home with just us. And, you know, employees are done. There's the big reimagination, the big resignation. Say no more. No more am I a number. No more am I going to be treated this way. No more am I not going to hold you accountable for the things that that you represent or things that you may not represent. And, um, you know, you see that we talked about cancel culture a lot. And this is, um, you know, attack on our LGBTQ plus communities, attack on our Asian communities, attack on women's rights, all of this. And and I'll just say this one more thing too, right? People who, when we talked about the gun safety and talking about bearing arms and the constitution and how it's the be on end all, just don't forget that that constitution wasn't applicable to a lot of people, our black communities, our Native American communities, our Hispanic communities. That constitution it wasn't for women. Women it, too. No, exactly. It wasn't for women. It wasn't like I am in a biracial relationship. It wasn't for us. We were not allowed. So, and I know people are going to have comments about that about the constitution, and they're going to school me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, no, go ahead, school me. Oh, like, as you should. As you should, two things can't exist. Two things, two can, things exist. can exist. I things can, can I, exist. I'm not the knower of all. I appreciate all comments. I won't take it personally. But what I will say, too, is like, okay, so we have that attack on that. We haven't talked about the pandemic a lot of time, the impact on that. Mental health. We we constantly, like, take care of yourselves. This is this is This is bad for our mental health. This is yeah. not okay. Yeah, I mean, we're we're living in a trauma response, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be books and, and 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 scientific articles on the psychological impact of the pandemic. And let's not be let's make sure we are clear: we are still in a pandemic, no matter how people have started to move and shape. Right? Mm-hmm. There are still people literally dying of this, even though we're not reporting it broadly. And there's still people who are experiencing this, and it's having long term impacts for them. So let's keep let's not act like it's gone. But let's just think about the to your point you said earlier about compounding it, right? It's a lot of things coming at everybody. And I get that some people get to choose what they're going to opt into and be active about versus the things they choose to just opt out of. Um, But what I will say in this instance is, you know, we really need to be very cautious of how we use empathy, right? We use a lot of conversations about being empathetic, right? And saying not that I, 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 um, I'm trying to seek to understand your perspective. I'm not giving you sympathy per se, but I'm trying to empathize with you to, to, so that I can be, you know, a supportive place for your community. But what I've seen pivot over the last few weeks is something that um, actually NLI um, talked about on our webcast like yesterday. And, and I had a realization, but didn't have the words was it was starting because I was going to use the word weaponized, but I don't think that was the right word. But they basically said that Empathy has an impact when someone hears a story or hears stories of others, and some it makes them more feel more confident that they understand the entirety of those perspectives, which makes them uh which is not more accurate, right? So think about that. It's like 
you feel confident that you understand these multiple experiences, including your own and others that you listen to. Now you feel like you have a level of understanding that now makes your point of view accurate. But the research says that is not true. It doesn't make you more accurate. It just no, we put our own assumptions in there. Right. You put yeah. your own assumptions in there. Mm-hmm. And now you just you just have more data points to consider, right? Go back to your Maslow's hierarchy, right? Does it align to how you need to feel the most fulfilled in as an individual? Go back to your the scarf model where you're talking about threat and reward. Does it feed your status? Does it help with yeah. your certainty? All those things. But at the end of the day, there's a point of empathy where the empathy, ha- we have to put empathy, empathy in this place, but we also need to have some action. And that is self-action, right? For yourself, for you to be who you are. And this action as you, as whatever the roles you've chosen or you have been assumed or signed up for, um, either by choice or not, candidly, um, to serve in the, in your community, your family, your other. But then it's also a piece about collectively, what are we going to do as a society? Because I take a step back and when I think about when I'm going to travel overseas and stuff, I used to be really clear about what the conversation I wanted to have about America because I traveled overseas when we've had some very controversial um, presidents. I've traveled overseas when we've had, you know, Barack Obama, which was a proud moment for Black people to have a first of. Um, and not all Black people, but just at least for me, let me just talk about myself. But but when I think about my travels overseas that's coming up, I really do have a conversation. Like if someone asked me the question that I got maybe about mm, 10 years ago at an um, airport lounge, he said, um, why y'all not so concerned about your democracy and how it's being governed? He was like, because typically a country has not just a constitution, but some values. And at the time I was like, come on with it. Let me, you know, you can have all the opinions about America. We ain't perfect, blah, blah, blah. And I had a whole little spiel, right? But now that I really do think about that question, like what, I don't feel confident to understand what, are we preserving democracy or are we over indexing on a certain people or a small group or a majority group of people's values? And that part is scary for me because it's like, I don't, all of our value systems are not the same. Um, and that, and not that it needs to be, but when you're thinking about democracy and what it's supposed to provide us and some level of fairness, a level of bring all ye and we are going to do something for the broader collective to allow us all to exist, which I recognize that has not been realized. But when I think about how fragile it was prior to all this and how even more fragile by the day it is, Mm -hmm. it does draw me some concern. But going back to dumb, dumb dope, and the paraphernalia you got on today, honey. Um, the hope is there. The hope is that I'm gonna do we, a picture of Janet Jackson and me and see how that looks. <laughs> I don't know if that's the um I don't, I don't know. Let the DNA practitioners tell you, but my side eye was there when you said that. But um, I don't know, is that cultural appropriation? I don't know. Somebody tell me. Um but anyway, I don't think it is. Maybe it's not. Okay, anyway, um, but what I was gonna say is I think that the the piece that I, I really want people to step back with is. When are we going to do something? Like, what's our line? What's our balance? And what are we going to do? What do we want to do? When are we going to do something? What Like, when is enough? Yeah, when is enough? Like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know the answer. So I'm not saying I have the answers to solve. But it's something about when you think about what we talked about today, the children, the protecting our children, the valuing of those who may be, um, have least accessibility to things that they may need. 
right? Regardless if that is yeah. Roe versus Vades who um, uh, different abilities to our elderly, right? So our most fragile of our society, who do we want to be? And I, I sit back and I, I struggle with that because I have all, I've been in a group that has been marginalized, similar to you, Liz, and we've never been wholly included. So I sit back to say this, take to, to Liz's point about self-care, take this moment to really take some self-stop but move from assessment and synthesizing information to action planning and whatever that means to be um, for you, your, for your you family. and your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no one's, the Calvary come, is not coming. Like, like my uh, family members say, the Calvary is not coming. Cause we, I mean, cause we the Calvary and we watching, we watching this unfold. And, and even in our democracy, this is, a, it's not enough to move us into action to say enough is enough. So yeah, and, and you know, do? that's, that's such a great question, Shara, for, for everybody to, to answer. And I'll, I go back again, I can only speak to my experience. That's what we do, right? We just speak to our own experiences and, you know, our, our move, a lot of it is, is for our family. And many people are very, um, very like not appalled isn't the right word, but they're like, you're moving. Why are you moving? This is the greatest place on earth. Why are you moving? And especially as a first-generation American, my parents had a, a different perspective of what the U.S. is. My grand, my grandparents did. I think you spoke about this yesterday in our conversation that we had before we had this this episode. And then I have a different perspective in it. And um, and what brought to light is like we need to do what's best for our unit, and 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 stop being so worried about what other people are doing. But I do think that, um, and one of the things that I learned a lot in the a book, and we've we've said a lot about resources and books and everything, but this is um, it's called The Wake Up by Michelle Kim. Such a great, great book. Um, if you're starting out your your journey, that's such a great book to to read. It's not easy. You'll have, I will admit, even as a DNI professional, I had very very strong reactions to certain things. But Michelle talks about a the. When you're taking care of a community, what you do is you take care of the most marginalized in that community. And I thought it was very interesting that, you know, she picked taking care of the most, taking care of the needs of the most marginalized community where you meet them where they're at, right? As opposed to assimilating them or expecting them to 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 be where everyone else is at. So you go and you this is the most marginalized group and and you meet them where they're at. So as a collective and thinking about what we want to do as a society, what we want to do as a collective, who is our most marginalized? And that's that's a that's a whole group of people, right? <laughs> Who's our most marginalized? What do we want that to look like in the yeah. future? And yeah. also too like you can like Shara said earlier, you can have an opinion and like you can you can have a, a point of view in some place and something else. You can fight for multiple things. Like I can fight about gun safety. I can also feel that like Fourth uh, of July is coming up. That I don't feel like it's applicable to many people, right? And not many people see it as the day of independence. And I know I'm gonna get like crap about that too because let them come. Let, let them come. come because they'll 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 say, well, you're against the military. No, I'm not actually like I support our veterans, our active military. I support people in the military. Uh, 
the military well, itself as a system. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I do feel like our rights are being kind of questioned and, and things are being taken away from us or being changed. Our power, our own power and our choice is taken away. Yeah. But it's like it's not one way either or. It's an right. and. Yeah. Yeah, this is our, th- we all who are here. This is our country. Regardless if you, whatever perspective you have on what you think it should look like, we are here, right? Mm -hmm. Get your social security number out, right? (laughs) Like, let's sit down. I'm tired of it. Like, I don't care. When people start that deflection about veterans and all that, I'm like, you're absolutely ridiculous because you don't know my history or not and what my support is. But don't deflect from the fact that when you tell me that, you don't want to deal with my existence in this moment because that's where the opinion lies. The opinion lies is, You're you're worried about who America it is versus you're dehumanizing me. You're dehumanizing me. Yeah, I am. I've been in this country. Our America too, right? Like if we're first and foremost, regardless of all that, you're not going to deflect me from the fact that I am here. I have done. We are doing our part, and whether you want me here or not, or you govern me in ways that you show me how you what you think about me, my people, and my communities, whatever that look like. That is how the the values of this com- country shows up right versus the fact that i'm still here and the people here are still trying to impact this place and believe in democracy and what it is that, that we're trying to get to where we all feel like we're occluded and we all feel like a sense of equity as well but let's That's be right. clear when you said melting pot i don't know what kind of melting pot you was looking for because if you was looking for just onion soup with full, full, full onions this is a gumbo welcome <laughs> Welcome to the gumbo, and I and, and and I don't know which which ingredients you are, but I'm right here. I'm right here with all that brown sauce. Second of all, I want to. I want to be the roux. I want to be the roux. I want to be the roux. My mouth water. My but I will. I do. Ooh, but I do want to say something, Liz, though, and I think it's, it's really important. I want you to hear it is, you know, this work right now, if you felt uncomfortable during this, this um, piece, I want you to really go back to our old episode. Go back to our old episode when it was LGBTQ+, if you listen to it. If you are feeling uncomfortable about these topics, where are you in this journey? Are you opted in or you opted out or you froze? Because what's going to happen is, there are people every day finding out that they are moving from a, a not impacted group into some of the impacted group, which we now that we talk about the marginalized groups. So I don't. So if you have not figured out what side or what's happening for you in your community, if you're still on that, it's not impacting me. Great. But for those of you who are making that shift on over to realize that if they gonna come for us that look brown. And we have a different story than the the ideal, uh, quote unquote, the Americana story. Let's just be clear. This is the beginning of the, that those people feeling more safe and having that certainty come on over. Because we've been telling you this for years, that if when people prey on the underrepresented and the marginalized groups, they are eventually going to come for you. Because once again, (laughs) there's no sanctity in control. Control is really about being the person in power. And power yeah. is what's driving a lot of these decisions. It's not a moral conversation. The, the great it's resignation, power. right? 
employees have power now. They saw a different way of doing things. They are now empowered to individually. We saw that in our in our work that we've done with DEI. When you have a group of people who are now empowered, you better get ready. And you make and you make now you make fun of me, but you always like comment this um, about me, and you're like, oh look, she empowered now. They ain't no stopping okay, you. Okay, because you have been, girl. You've been doing it. I've been like, let me just be quiet, sis, because I'm gonna let Where's you. Where's your popcorn? Live. Girl, you was killing it. I can't wait to talk about that. You was killing it. I said, I don't need to be here. I'm just going to stay here and just look cute. Smile, honey, because she is giving life to this. Okay, so we have to wrap up, Liz. What do we have for the group? What are some, some things that you want people to take away, at least from our conversation? Oh, let's see. I have so much. I got my list here. Um, I think for me is, is going back to the diversity wheel. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the diversity. I will identify what makes you who you are. And then also one of the other tools, and we'll, I think we'll ask Melanie if we can post this on our website, but um, is the, uh, we like, we do this in our coaching where we identify our values and our boundaries and we have this values wheel and um, take a look at that because I think a lot of, a lot of the reasons, a lot of the things that we do, it's either because we don't have values, we compromise our boundaries, or the opposite, right? We, we, we're very firm on our values and we're very firm on our, on our boundaries. And we make decisions based off of that. And yeah. um, so I think, I think those are my two kind of takeaways from this conversation. And those are the two things that I'd like our, audi- our listeners to challenge them with is like looking at that diversity wheel and we'll post our values wheel as well too out there. Yes, I will add one more thing because since neuroscience, you know, this I love neuroscience. This one I get real geeky on it, and I I love that. Um, that's me. But um, I will say, you know, I read this uh article from uh Tia Norman, who um is a part of um, Contemplate Houston, and and hopefully one day we get a chance to talk to her. But uh, she had put out an article about the seven ways to make conscious moves to regulate your nervous system, right? So that fear flight response that you know, that, that, that threat versus that threat response that we were talking about. She said, um, move your body, right? (laughs) Whether it's gentle or intense, you know, movement is medicine. So participating with friends or a group to increase your sense of connection. She said to socialize, spend time with loved ones, with pets, um, connection is key that relatedness, that community piece. Three, I love this one. And I started doing this this morning. Okay. Sing or gargle, right? Like, I just love that because it was so much fun. It's like, hum your favorite song, you know, those that- I've been I've been singing Lizzo all day long today. Yes. She said the actual vibrations of that actually kind of does something for your organs that's key to resting and healing. So I'm like, all about it. Let's get the humming going. I had no idea. I know. She got some article. Uh, I'm going to see if we could post her article or whatever on our site, but I'll have to ping her and see because I don't, I don't have that. I don't know if she's okay with that, but deep, slow breathing, which we always be talking about that, like really taking some time. I've been to breathing. Like- I've been breathing in our episode today, just so y'all know, because good I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm sweating. Oh, good. But good. That's how it was on that human episode. Welcome. 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 Uh, second of all, it says, put your legs up, get in a relaxate, those types of things, and do some deep breathing. She even put a mantra on here that says, I am safe. Mm. To, to take a deep breath, you know, get in a very rested position and say, I'm safe. So I, I love that. And then 
five and five would spend time in nature, of course, right? Because it's a mood stabilizer, right? Um, and gets the serotonin, uh, serotonin going, and then grounding or sounding. Like if you're if you're familiar with that, she she referenced some things from the grandmother's hands book. Um, but that's really about getting like affirming that you are safe and doing some actions and moving your body to feel safe. And then finally, meditation, right? Because that's really her work, right? Is meditation, uh, the intersection of meditation and, and religion. And so she talks about just meditating and going back to Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty out. Like, listen, you gotta create that space. Listen, I, I say this, I give you these tips because regulate your nervous system. So, because this is not the end. Like Liz said, we have been compounding and compounding and compounding. So the next thing is coming. So how you take care of yourself so that you can be the most for yourself and your family, your yeah. community is really important. And ideally this is a marathon, not a race, even though it feels like it. Yeah. So this is our time and, to take care of ourselves. And I will say too, like I know I'm very animated today. I'm very passionate about this because there's a lot of things that I'm very close to. But I will say at the end of the day, I am very hopeful. And, yes. and, and, and Robert talked about this. I am very hopeful. I am very hopeful that, hey, we are now having these conversations that historically have been like, oh, you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion. Like, Let's have these conversations. Let's yes. talk about this. Because I think when these are pivotal moments and things are going to change. And as yes. a society, as a collective, we have to decide what that's going to look like. And yes. the collective will decide. Yeah. Right. And but kudos I, to you. I want to kudos you, Liz, because you and um your hubby parents and style, the fact that y'all are having courageous conversations with your children, because I will say, you know, as a person, uh, uh, you know, courageous or difficult conversations isn't something that is often handled when you are of a, as a child age. They are, it's kind of like this rite of passage where you stay in a child's place. And then when you get a adult, things just start smacking you in the face that, you know, you should have been had a conversation way right. back in the day for. That's right. But I, I want to just honor that because I know some people won't have an opinion. First of all, as an auntie, come with it because I'm ready and my, my little thing. Well, you have already know it does a little bit backfire on you, right? Like whenever we talked about systematic racism and... Oh, they're too, they're empowered. And we want to tell that story. We're going to have to tell that story. Like, I wonder how people are going to feel about this because ooh, my older one, my baby was just... I love him. He just, he just couldn't believe it. He was just like, I mean... The spirit. The yeah, during Black, during Black History Month, we talked question. about systematic racism. We talked about, you know, critical race his theory. Spirit, his spirit, his spirit, his spirit came over him and he asked the most <laughs> courageous conversation. And honestly, the person who responded was the same response that I would have gave that gave him, even though I would have sat him down. We would have had to have tea because I was like, so you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give him that auntie moment another time. Okay. That, that All right, so let's close it out, Liz, because we got to roll. So. All right. we've This is a long episode, y'all. I hope you have your Wheaties. This is the only episode that's coming out this week. <laughs> Just have Pace your yourself. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. This is a marathon. Um, but please find us online. Again, um, we are on Instagram at More Than Words Podcast. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Again, it's at More Than Words Podcast. Uh, email us, Liz and Shara at morethanwordspodcast.com. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Uh, send us, a, who do you want to see on this podcast? What topics do you want us to cover? W you know, we have a slew of topics that we can cover. Oh um, connect with us on our community page as well too. There's a Facebook group that's been created out there, More Than Words uh, Community Connection. Um, send us an email, Instagram, Facebook, 
all of our podcasts are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and soon they will be on Google Podcasts for our Android users. And they are also our videos are on Facebook videos, and soon they will be on YouTube as well. Good gosh! <laughs> yes, you Man. did that, girl. <laughs> you did that. You did that. But listen, you did that. You looking good doing it, though. I'm just saying, buddy. Hit the three the theme music because we out. Bye. Bye.